0: Closer. she studied the pictures of massive heads long jaws paws that could topple a strong man claws that could disembowel with ease and she felt no fear members of the bear team who monitored bear activities in the park and settled bear visitor disputes and the glacier rangers routinely lamented the fact that the american people were such idiots they thought of these wildest of animals as big cuddly pets One man had been stopped in the act of smearing ice cream on his five-year-old son's cheek in hopes of photographing a bear licking it off. Anna was too well-versed in the critter sciences to believe that. She fell into a second and equally dangerous subspecies of idiot, those who felt a spiritual connection with the wild beasts, be they winged, furred, or toothed. A sense that they would recognize in her a kindred spirit and do her no harm nullified a necessary and healthful terror of being torn apart and devoured. She laughed aloud at herself. Fortunately, she wasn't fool enough to put interspecies camaraderie to the test, and never would she admit any of this to anyone. Least of all, Joan Rand, her keeper, trainer, and companion for the nineteen days that she was cross-training on the Greater Glacier Bear DNA Project— Cleaning knowledge that could be put to use to better manage wildlife in her home park, the Natchez Trace Parkway in Mississippi. Ah, my stinky little friend, your vacation package is ready, Joan said as she emerged from an inner sanctum. Rand was American by birth, French Canadian by proximity, and she sounded precisely like Peppy Le Pew, the cartoon Parisian skunk when she chose to. Anna laughed. Joan would remember Peppy. She was near Anna in years, somewhere in that fertile valley of middle age between forty five and fifty five. Anna had liked Joan right off. Rand was on the short side, five foot two, and stocky, with the narrow shoulders of a person who couldn't carry much weight and the solid butt and thighs of somebody who could hike a Marine drill sergeant into the ground. Anna liked the quickness of her mind and the gravelly quality of her voice. She liked her humor but in the two days they'd lived and worked together, she'd not felt an ease of companionship. It seemed she was always looking for something to say. Mostly silences were filled with work. Those that weren't had yet to become comfortable, but Anna had hopes. The bear researcher dropped the skunk accent, adjusted her oversized glasses, and said, "'Take a seat. This is Rory Van Slyke. He's our Earthwatch Sherpa.' General Dog's body, and has promised, should a bear attack, to offer up his firm young flesh so that you and I might live to continue our important work. Rory, the individual to whom Joan referred, smiled shyly. In her years with the National Park Service, Anna had only had occasion to cross paths with the Earthwatch organization once before. Some years back, when she was a boat patrol ranger on Isle Royale National Park in Lake Superior, Earthwatch, an independent environmental organization funded by donations and staffed by volunteers, had been working on a moose study with the National Park Service. All of the Earthwatchers she'd met, including Rory Van Slyke, were young. "'How do you do?' Anna said mechanically. "'Well, thank you. And yourself?' A long time had passed since anybody had bothered to finish the old-fashioned greeting formula. Evidently, Rory had been raised right or strictly. Fine, she managed. The boy, young man, had a light, high voice that sounded as if it had yet to change, though he was clearly years past puberty. He didn't look substantial enough to be much of a Sherpa, but as bear bait he'd do just fine. Slight build, tender-looking skin, coarse sandy hair, and dark blue eyes fringed with lashes so pale as to be virtually invisible. Here's the plan. Joan spread a topographical map on the table in front of Anna, then leaned over her shoulder to point. She, too, stank to high heaven. It was good to be a member of a group. We've gridded the park into cells eight kilometers on a side, Joan said, as she dropped a transparent plastic overlay on the topographical map, aligning it with coordinates she carried in her head. Each cell is numbered. In every square, every cell, we've put a hair trap this is not to trap the bear in toto but merely designed to ensure visiting bears leave behind samples of their hair for the study traps are located near as we can make them on the natural travel routes of the bears mountain passes the confluence of avalanche chutes, that sort of thing